Hi, and welcome to She Is Wise, a podcast dedicated to braver, bolder, bigger conversations for women who want to change the world. I'm Ellie Bell, an empowerment coach passionate about supporting women to show up in the world as their best version of themselves. I'm a former corporate executive with a background working in professional sport and a qualified life coach working with women for the past four years. I've got two gorgeous little girls, which are the reason I'm so determined to change the way women are in the world. I have an incredible husband who encourages, supports and shapes my work in ways that prove that men have to be part of the solution. And I'm Erin Hodson, a psychic medium and spiritual healer who believes that for the world to be a place I'm grateful and proud to leave for my two young sons, change is necessary and that change must be led by women. My work is deeply rooted in ancestors and understanding who we come from and who we can become. I love exploring the spirituality of who we are and the intersection of that with our human experiences. We're two women who grew up on opposite sides of the world, but when we met, instantly recognized each other as kindred spirits, ready to make meaningful change in ourselves, each other, and the world around us. Now is the time for women to be brave, vulnerable, and bold, to explore what is really true for us and how we can make meaningful change in the world. Join us as we dive passionately into conversation about things that really matter, share lighthearted banter with each other, and dare to challenge what we've been told we can do, have, and be as women. Hello, and welcome to another episode of She Is Wise. Today, we're going to be diving all the way into the fabulous and really quite uncomfortable um, wounded feminine energy. (laughs) And I say fabulous because the feminine bit is fabulous. The wounded bit is deeply uncomfortable, um, and I can't wait to explore it and, yeah, just share a little bit about how it comes up for us. But first of all, how are you doing, Erin? How's the wounded feminine showing up for you at the moment, or is it not? Oh, it usually does. (laughs) Let's be fair. Hello, hello. It's nice to be back with you. Yeah, I think for me, uh, the wounded feminine, like we regularly have conversations, right, about how um, I'm more of a being than a doing, which, you know, could be in part due to the fact that I'm a Taurus and therefore really fucking lazy. But also, um, like, I think I I do get stuck in that, the insecurity and the the fear and the worry of the wounded feminine. Um, and so that, you know, it shows up for me in those ways that like the stories that I tell myself and the um, the way that I guess I, the way that I self-sabotage and, and I procrastinate, I'm the best procrastinator in the whole wide world. And I'll tell you about it later. Like it just, it's just, it's one of those things, right? Where like the wounded feminine is really, really familiar for me. And I think it'll be familiar for a lot of women. I think we either a really heavily wounded feminine or really heavily wounded masculine. For me, it's definitely the wounded feminine that is more more familiar for me. What about you? Like, do you think you're more of the wounded feminine or war- wounded masculine? No, I'm I'm more wounded masculine. Definitely, that feels much more um, aligned. But uh, before we start going into what is the wounded feminine, like, let's get get people talking so they can understand which one they fall into. But mm. yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely a doing. A doing yep. kind of kind of a gal. Um, <laughs> and, uh, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. We're together. We're the perfect balance, right? <laughs> yeah. Harmony. Harmony. Um. Yes. The so the wounded feminine, right? Like those those. Um. So if we're thinking about the feminine energy, what we're thinking about there is, um, that the being, 
right? It's about how we are in the world. It's not about how we do things, but it's about how we are and how we show up and and how we feel. And so the wounded feminine is that the the core wounds there are things like, you know, feeling broken, feeling like you're not not whole or you're not worthy. Self-worth comes in there quite a lot. Shame is another really, really big core wound for the wounded feminine. And like the the feelings that come up are those feelings of like uh, shame and uncertainty and fear, but also like the stuff like the um, the expectation, like the weight of expectation that we feel. That's a real feminine woundedness. Masculine tends not to be worried about. So it, it's almost like the feminine is the external stuff, right? And the the masculine is a little bit more internal. So it's stuff like I need to control things. Uh, that's kind of the masculine stuff, and I'm I'm bring that particular one up because I'm looking at you, Ellie. Um, <laughs> that doesn't sound like me at all. <laughs> no, not 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 what I've seen at all. No, um, but the feminine is much more about how we relate to others and how uh, how other like our relationships with others shape us. So it's that loneliness, it's that neediness. Yeah, you, you know, you you might sort of feel um or it might reflect itself in your life by saying like I'm not good enough no one really understands me what if people don't like me um it oh, might no I'm totally wounded feminine then <laughs> <Shit>. yeah <laughs> right but you just wounded all over um yeah From I every think... witch side <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and even the witch side right <laughs> yeah but <laughs> but I think like the one that shows up most for me I think is that one of Like I couldn't possibly be me because why would people like me? Why would people love that? And, you know, we talked briefly earlier about how the wounded feminine shows up for me in my life. My biggest, you know, we've talked about my biggest fear being the fear of rejection. But if we bring it closer to home, one of the biggest things that has shown up for me throughout my entire lifetime is my fear of disappointing the people that I love. And things like, what would my mum say about that? And actually, interestingly, what my dad would say is much more painful for me to think about than what my mum would say. But that that woundedness, that is wounded feminine. And man, that really has some deep, deep control over some of my decision making at times. And, you know, when I'm triggered into that stuff, it's when I I feel less convicted about my own belief in something that's when I start to get triggered. So if I don't, if I don't feel really convicted about what I believe is okay, then I start to go, what would my parents say? Like, is this going to disappoint someone I care about? Is my wife going to be disappointed in me? It brings up that like lack of belief. Like, is it, can it happen around something that you've like being pretty firm in and then just like a little wobble and suddenly it like the whole thing topples over or is it just new stuff like I think it's really interesting how these things show up for us and I love that you're willing to share that sort of deeply vulnerable side to you oh you know open book open book I think for me like the so the 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 things that show up are things like if I'm thinking about my parents when I don't have all my shit together right when I um like as a young adult, um, I had some really hefty mental health challenges and I will never, ever forget 
being picked up from the psychiatric hospital by my dad to take me home and him saying to me, don't ever do that to your mother again. Right. And, and that was so deeply wounding to me because it wasn't about them at all. Right. Like, and I hadn't shared it with them because I was so worried about what they would think. And then it was like thrown at me that actually <laughs> like be worried about what we think because it's not good. And that kind of, that kind of stuff shows up in lots of different ways throughout life. You know, when I first discovered that I could talk to dead people, that was really, really uncomfortable for me. And part of my um, hesitance to share that with the world was because I was worried about what my parents would say, what my wife would say, like, what would they think of me? And if, if I'm, if that's the real me and they've only known me in another way, are they going to love the new me? Like, are they going to love the me that's showing up now? And so, yeah, like it, it is a really deeply vulnerable thing to kind of, you know, talk about. But I think it's really important to recognize that actually some of that stuff that comes up for me in that space is stuff that I have had to work through and continue to work through. You know, it's a work in progress all the time. And, and it, it's the more we talk about it, the less we give it power. I think, you know, I know you say often, you know, shame doesn't, doesn't like friends. And so the minute that you name it, the minute that you put it out into the world, you're, you're taking the power back from it. And, and this is ultimately what part of this is about, right. Is saying, well, you know, some of the stuff that comes up for me is deeply painful, but the more I talk about it, the more I am aware of it and conscious and doing the work to get through it. And the more I can provide myself with compassion about it, I can reframe it. I can change it. I can heal it. I'm less wounded in that space. And so it allows me to be more in my sacred feminine or my divine feminine. I, I love that you've, you've shared that. And thank you very much. Cause I, I, I know how painful, you know, those experiences have been. And, and even now it's still, I mean, I remember having conversations with you probably a year ago and the thought of your what, less than a year ago certainly but the thought of your wife knowing like what you actually do was so deeply uncomfortable it was like fuck I can't do it I can't share that because what if she doesn't like me anymore and I think watching you navigate and grow and seeing her come in and support you and, and be behind you it's just like I, I hope it's starting to prove that create that evidence that you know our human selves really really like yeah um that actually you can be completely you and be adored by the people that that love you I mean I'm not sure whether your parents fully know what you do yet but I look forward to the day when when we can uh when you're up on stage and they all they switch on you know seven sharp and and you're there talking about all the stuff you do <laughs> um but, uh, but I think it is, it's really, it, that sort of stuff is debilitating. Like it stops us from moving forward. It really, really does. If we give it power, then it's just like my, if I think about like what my wounded feminine one is, it's probably that not being liked. You know, like if I look back on on that one and even now, and um, I'll just share a, a funny little story from last week, which actually I was really proud of myself. And, and it kind of showed how I managed to like it is possible to do the work and get through it. So we're in the, the throes of, of Omicron over here at the moment in New Zealand and um, rats tests, which are the rapid antigen tests, have just been made available um, for the general public. And, you know, so we can all test ourselves and all of those sorts of things. And um, I'd ordered some because, you know, my daughter was a bit snuffly and I thought, oh, God, but better, better check that out. 
about. So, and I spoke to a friend before going to pick them up. She said, oh, I saw some people, you know, um, park outside and just walk in and pick them up. And that seemed a lot quicker. I was like, oh, great, cool. I'll give that a try. Now, I am the one who follows the rules. Like, I remember when I was growing up and I'd play golf with dad and, you know, he'd hit a ball out of bounds or he'd see one. In fact, normally he hadn't hit one. He'd be going to look for somebody else's um, because, you know, nothing better than a free golf ball. Um, And he would, like, quite happily jump over a fence using the sign that says, do not climb this fence to help him get over it and I'd be like don't do that you'll get into trouble you'll get told off you know and like it's I can remember it from as young as like I only remember not doing that you know he'd be interested in you know somebody's garden so he'd stand up and you know look over it like all of these things just were like oh my god what are you doing you're gonna get told off so anyway fast forward to to last week and I you know parked the car hopped out and to be fair I actually couldn't find where the queue started I'd come at it from the wrong angle anyway so I just whipped in and I just walked across um you know a whole you know four lanes of cars that were just they were stationary and as an adult I'm pretty good at crossing roads so I thought I'd, I had it well this chap absolutely lost his nuts at me I mean completely like full-on bollocking and I was like and it was so uncomfortable for me like I lit like that stuff just makes me I I turn into you know a a five-year-old again and I just don't know what to say and I was like no I'm I'm, this isn't about me this is actually about him and I'm just going to hold the space for him to to do this because he's obviously working really hard there's loads going on it's a really stressful day and I, I get it and so I was just like I'm really sorry I didn't mean anything by it I just thought this was a quick way or you know just wound him up even more and more so anyway turned out that you know he well you may as well have them anyway he handed me what I needed and, and I walked back and got into the car now that is when my mind goes into like overdrive it's like oh my god I've done something so wrong you know what if the people saw me what if they what if somebody else tells me off what if I get into like real trouble like who's gonna like somebody's gonna tell and like like honestly the story started getting completely like crazy as I was driving and I was just like breathe through this right come on what are the techniques what have you talked about what have you what have you learned and we do this lovely energy clearing thing where basically you put your um, hands on your forehead and you can sort of use it as a way to like just get get the energy to move and I was like oh I wonder if that'll work I wonder if that'll work so I was driving along and you know sort of at the traffic lights just sort of put that on and was just like right I'm just releasing that energy I'm just not not carrying that anymore and you know what it bloody worked and by the time I got home like it had gone and I was just like oh and and I can't explain it but it's just not there. Even now when I tell the story in the old days, I'd have still had this like, oh, I got told off and it was so awful and I was such a bad person and I'd have gone into this whole narrative about like how awful I am. But by being like really consciously aware that that is a woundedness that I go into that fear of being told off and that fear of not being liked is like it's massive it holds me it has held me back so much in the past you know like I wouldn't have even told this story because I'd have thought somebody might hear it and tell me off you know like it's I'm such a goody two-shoes I don't want to be in trouble and then it was just like but actually you know in the, the whole scheme of it this was for me it was such a lesson that that I can experience it with consciousness and then like it can go and and I think it's that leaning into these these wounded feelings that it is really important so that we can take the message we can get the lesson from it and then we can let it go and then if it crops up again we're starting to create that evidence that we can get through it and actually that it doesn't mean that you're this horrendously bad awful person and you know back into the old narrative you can be like oh actually that happened fine you've done a lot of work around that though right like I mean that's not just something that you were able to pull out in the moment like you've been aware of that you've understood that you've even like you've you know we've had personal discussions about like where that's rooted (laughs) um, and you know and and where that 
where that comes from and and how that shows up and all of those sorts of things. And we've talked about like all of the different parts of the process that we use around that stuff. And yeah, it's immensely gratifying to see you be activated by that rather than triggered by that. And to be able to say, actually, I'm going to go into my sacred feminine here and I'm going to stand really firm in it. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to provide connection for him and I'm going to allow him to have his moment and I'm going to just listen um, and observe. And then I'm going to, you know, I'm going to walk away and I'm not going to carry that with me. Like it's immensely gratifying as your friend and business partner to see that evolution, because even a few months ago, I think that would have probably triggered you. So funny when you think of these funny little things that make up who you are. And like when you think about it, and it's like we've said in previous things, when you think about it logically, it makes sense. I remember another example of this being told off. My office is in the garden. It's like this little cabin in the garden. And I remember talking to Matt and it was just fear of being delivered. I said, but you know, I haven't got in writing that I can have it. What if somebody tells me off? And Matt just looked at me and was like, who's going to tell you off? I was like, well, I don't know. (laughs) Somebody might though. And it was just like when people aren't in that space, like the stories that they hear us telling ourselves completely baffle them. (laughs) And I think that's what we have to kind of remember sometimes that that bafflement of others, like, is actually like, it really is just a weird story you're telling yourself. There is no like truth in it really so just kind of stopped do you know what I mean sorry yeah yeah no no I do I I do um understand that and you know I I mentioned procrastination earlier and that's another sort of wounded feminine thing that comes up right where you like you just avoid doing massively like and and that is definitely a pattern for me and I know that like my wife often says to me like I don't want to nag you but (laughs) and um and I'm like no no you actually have to nag me because if you don't I will quite happily sit in that oh I don't know if I can do it so I'm just not even going to try I I, like there's no point in trying because I'm just not going to be good at it that kind of you know and then what will people think like all of that stuff and the the embarrassment of not being able to do something well or to the standard that I expect um, and the insecurity that I carry around that, that's what leads to the procrastination. I was going to say, is perfectionism, is that a feminine one or is that a masculine one? Perfectionism is a little bit more masculine. It's that perfectionism is that kind of I have to do it right and I need to be perfect, uh, whereas the feminine is a little bit more like, it's that you don't even get to the point of doing it, doing the thing. You like, you're stuck in the, well, there's no point because it, I, I couldn't possibly, I just feel way too much. Like it just feels completely out of reach. So, you know, like the keys are probably in the way that it's framed. Like when you're talking about, you know, there's no point trying, you're not even at the doing stage yet. Whereas the perfectionism is I have to do it right. Okay. So that I'm a bit more wounded feminine than i may have owned up to the start of this <laughs> yeah um and you know and there's that that I guess the, the the actions that come along with procrastination are things like just avoiding taking action right or explaining why you can't take action that's a really like that justifying yourself and going into that really like intensely like highly emotional state of justifying to the world but mostly to yourself why it's not appropriate for you to try so yeah like the wounded feminine like 
it is a really deeply uncomfortable place for us to sit. And I think actually a lot of us sit there more than we might admit to ourselves. Case in point. Witnessing. Yeah, case in point <laughs> with me. being uh, my, my lovely friend here. Um, but I, th- I think that it serves us in a lot of ways as well because not all of that is ours, right? I think we carry an awful lot of wounded feminine from previous generations, from ancestors, from from our mothers, you know, when we, and, and it shows up in lots and lots of different ways. Like it shows up in our business. Um, it used to show up in my business for sure. When I'd be like, no one's going to pay me to do that. Who am I to think that I can justify charging that? And my clients can't afford that anyway. Right. And so going into that real sense of like fear and, um, and shame and woundedness around what I do and how dare I think that has value in the world. And so I guess the reason that we wanted to have this conversation is because this stuff is coming up more and more in our work. It's something that we still don't hear a lot of people talking about, I think. But there is real power in witnessing other people's woundedness and seeing them rise above it. So glad you mentioned that because that as well as like having the power and the knowledge about when we're in it, because when we're in it, we can witness it, we can use it for good and, you know, be conscious about it and make decisions about how we show up. But seeing it in others, that was just a game changer for me. And I'd love to hear if it was the same for you, but being able to witness it and and be able to have compassion and understanding as to why it's not that it's not giving them a, a get out of jail free pass. It's not it's not a you know, you get away with it sort of thing. It's nothing to do with that. But it allows you to witness them and understand why behaviors are showing yeah. up and why things are happening. And that makes it so much easier for you not to then take it on yourself. And I was talking to um, a friend's daughter the other day and um, who's early teens. And I just said, if there's one thing I can tell you as a boring old 40 year old who's old and you know doesn't have a um, you know has no sort of cool value whatsoever there's one thing I can tell you is if you can get your head around the fact that whatever anyone says to you is a reflection of what they are going through of who they are and nothing to do with you you will save yourself so much pain and heartache and you will not be doing the work that we're all doing in our late 30s, early 40s, 50s. <laughs> yeah, right. But being able to witness the woundedness, that's how you're able to do that. Abs- Would you agree? Absolute game changer. Like I recognize now as a much older adult that when my dad said to me, don't ever do that to your mother again, you know, and, and like I was really unwell. Like I'd spent days in in hospital. I had, you know, I was going home heavily medicated with all of these things lined up for me to do. And, you know, and he was like, but I recognize now that he was deeply in his wounded energy there. Like he he couldn't control it. And so the only thing that he could do was try and bring me back into a space that he could control, right? Because he couldn't protect my mum from the, the hurt that she was feeling. He couldn't protect me from what was going on for that. So it was like, well, actually, I'm just going to to like really bring you all in and just control the shit out of it, right? And I recognize that now and I have some compassion for him. Yeah, I would say I forgot in those moments that his father had taken his own life when my dad was a teenager. So like there's a whole pile of trauma and woundedness around that for him. And here I am 
like not talking to him about that stuff and saying actually it doesn't you you don't have any power here dad like and that must have been deeply traumatizing for him to be thrown back into that space of having no power around someone that he cared about and not just somebody that he cared about but somebody who his whole responsibility was to make sure they were okay well apparently if you listen to him yes <laughs> but well no but that is that as a parent yeah. you know and it's really uncomfortable the realization that actually you can't fix everything for your children like they are going to go through trauma they're going to go through upset they're going to go through all sorts of things that are deeply uncomfortable and horrible and traumatic for them and there is nothing we can do except for you know hopefully help prepare them for it and walk alongside them when it happens but we can't control it we can't do any of that stuff and like as a parent, like I would have never have understood half the things that my parents, you know, did as parents pre having children. And now I'm like, oh fuck, that makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was always coming from a place of protection. It was always coming from a place of love. It was coming from a place of fear. All of these things that that you want, you don't want your children to suffer. And then when they do suffer, God, you'd be so mad about it. You'd be so mad about it that the obvious person you're going to take it out on, unfortunately, is them. Yeah. So, you know. And I, I think um, the important thing to remember around the wounded energies and the wounded feminine in particular is that we all have it. Like it's all, everybody has wounded energy. Everybody has wounded feminine. Everybody has wounded masculine. It's about what it teaches us and it's about what it allows us to do. Because if we if we give it all the power and stay stuck in it, then we don't have any ability to to shift out of it or to to use it to our advantage. But if we if we do the work to understand it, to understand where it comes from, like where it's rooted for us, how it shows up for us, then it becomes something that can really teach us. I am one hundred percent a better partner, a better parent, a better business partner, a better friend, because I understand how it shows up for me and I can see how it shows up in others, right? And that has just come through being prepared to excavate my own shit and accept that actually if I've got all that shit, so do you, so does my wife, so do my friends, so do my children. Like, And, and actually I, I can hold space with compassion and and love and care when I see that stuff come up and I know how to respond, right? And that that is powerful. Like being able to say to you, hey, I know that you don't want to write the chapter of the book that you are, are needing to write. <laughs> I I understand that there's a real fear there about, you know, being seen and and also like what if they don't like it and all of that sort of stuff and not being good enough. But actually what I'm going to do is I'm going to stand with you and I'm going to get into that sacred masculine and we're just going to do the thing. Which we totally did, by the way, and I'm totally writing it. <laughs> but we've, you know, it was deeply uncomfortable for you to get started. But together we took steps and it was beautiful to be able to hold space for you in that way, to be able to say to you, actually, I get that you're right now, you, all of this shit is coming up and it's stopping you from doing the thing. But actually, let's just do the thing. It doesn't have to be that big and hard. And so that's really what I want people to explore around the, the wounded energies is like, how does it show up for you? And what do you notice in the people that you care about that can help you navigate their stuff as well? I think it's it's such a powerful tool. And I think it's that reminder that 
when people are in that wounded energy, it's not about fixing it for them. It's like you can't control or fix anybody else. Like that's not your responsibility. But all you can do is offer to be there and stand alongside and hold space and a shine shine a light on something that that they may not see. So and good. that is just such a gift. That's what it's that's what our, our roles in life are. It's about providing that support and to be able to do that for friends, family, you know, loved ones is such a privilege to to be able to hold that that space and just walk alongside. You know, it is that I don't want anyone else to fix my stuff for me, but I sure as hell would love somebody to witness me and then to walk alongside me whilst I, you know, pick my stuff up and put my Freak big girl pants on and start <laughs> writing. Yeah. But, I mean that's the thing, right? Like energy is power. When we're in our sacred energy, we are at our most powerful. And if we're in our wounded energy, the last thing that we need is someone coming and taking our power away because we've already given it away to something else, right? Like if we're in that space of wanting to give power to something, the last thing that we want to do is say, okay, well, I'm giving power to, you know, I'm giving power to this situation can you please come and take more of my power away so that I'm completely disempowered? What I want you to do is say, how can I, how can I help you take the power back from that situation? How can you come back? When we give energy away to something, when we give it to a situation, like when we're, we were in that situation where, um, you know, we feel really disempowered because like we're in that wounded energy and we've given power to someone or something to make us feel that way. And I use air quotes as in that space. The last thing that we need is someone else coming in and saying, actually, I'm going to take more of your power. I'm going to fix that for you. Don't worry about it. You don't need to have any power here. What we actually need them to do is come in and say, hey, how can I help you take that power back? Right? How can I bring your power home with you so that you can stand in your power and we can work through this together? And that I think that is when we really understand how the wounded energies energies show up. We can then engage the the power play that happens between us and the universe and, you know, in our relationships and situations that we're navigating that creates a more empowered place for us to then move forward from. And, and, you know, you talk about that spiral that we get on where we, you know, we start and we start getting into that wounded energy and we're triggered and we just keep going and going and going. And really every single step along that path, we're giving more power away. And to stop it, we need to bring our power back. We need to take our power back and say, actually, I can fix this for myself. I have the power here. I get to choose how I engage with this. So having someone come along and support that rather than take over game changer great place to leave it such a cool conversation i love this stuff um thank you for all your wisdom it is such a privilege to share space with you and discuss these things we would love to know what you think um share like recommend all of the stuff around um these podcasts if you enjoy them but also get in touch let us know what's going on for you is there anything you'd like us to talk about are there any bigger bolder braver conversations that you and your friends are having that you'd like to hear what we think um please send us a message we would love to connect and for now goodbye and we will see you again next week you've been listening to she is wise with ellie bell and aaron hodson if you've enjoyed this conversation please remember to subscribe so you can join us next time and if you haven't already please consider leaving us a review or sharing this podcast with your friends thanks so much for joining us and we will catch you on the next episode